Wave our Bibles around, make Jesus glad, the devil mad, and let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I've intentionally tuned into live stream tonight because I'm hungry and thirsty for more, more of your spirit, more of your presence, more of your glory. Lord, I thank you that the Word of God is leading and guiding and directing my life into a fruitful harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians tonight, chapter 5, we're going to start reading with verse 25. And it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And uh, <clears throat> I wanted to read uh, that verse 27 to you out of the Amplified, if I could. Uh, he will present the church to himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such things, that she might be holy and faultless. Isn't that good? And so tonight I wanted to share a message entitled, The Accompaniments of Glory. The Accompaniments of Glory. It's kind of hard to say that five times real fast. But anyway, <laughs> The Accompaniments of Glory. You see, uh, Jesus is coming for a, a glorious church. And, uh, you know, I was, I was reading the, the verses on his transfiguration here not too long ago. And uh, I realize that Jesus gave us a foreshadowing of how great that glory will be when he comes again for the church, when he was transfigured on the mount. And, uh, and so let's, uh, let's look at some of those verses. In, uh, in Mark chapter 9, it's, uh, it's worth looking into here, Mark chapter 9, Mark and Luke and Matthew, all three, three of the Gospels talk about the transfiguration. I'm, I'm at Matthew 17. Let me try that one first. And I just came right across it. Matthew 17, verse 2. And he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Now, I want you to pick up on that. You know, we just prayed over prayer cloths. We talked about how the anointing is in the cloth. You know, it, it's in it's in contact with the vessel it's anointed, and yet it, it seems to store. The, and, and here we see the cloth was brightened. You know, Jesus was brightened, but his clothes were brightened. Isn't that interesting? All right, and then we go over to Luke, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 9. Let's go to Mark. Talking about the glory. And what is going to accompany the glory when he comes for the glorious church? What, what's the church going to look like? Mark chapter 9, verse 3, And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. So there again we see that the garments themselves, his clothes themselves, were glorious. All right, and then let's go to Luke 9. We'll 
spend some time looking at those verses. Luke chapter 9. I'm talking about the accompaniments of glory. Jesus is coming for a glorious church. What's it going to look like? Luke chapter 9, verse 29. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. His raiment was white and glistering. When you look up that word glistering in the Greek, it, it just means like it, it shone like lightning. It became like lightning. Oh, what a picture. Just thinking about his clothes. I mean, not only did he glow, not only did he have fire and, and bright light, but his clothes did as well. And so what might we see accompanying the glorious church? See, that's a good question to ask. That's, what, that's the question I have when I read these verses. What might we see accompanying the glorious church? Or what are the accompaniments of glory? And so I think here in Luke chapter 9, we can, we can gain some revelation of some of the things that we're going to see as that day gets closer and closer. So let's look down here in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And we're going to go through about uh, eight things. We won't take that long. Sounds like it's going to take a long time. It won't. But I, I want to talk about the accompaniments of glory. What's going to accompany the, this time of glory where the church is glorified to the point where Jesus comes back for this glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. All right, verse 23, Jesus is talking to them. And uh, remember, this is when he asked them, you know, who do you say that I am? And then Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. See? And uh, and he, he straightly, verse 21, he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man uh, what they said. The son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Then verse 26, for whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. When he shall come in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. Now see, so when he, he, he immediately started talking about coming for the church. He's talked about when he comes in his glory and in his father's glory and of the holy angel's glory. <laughs> what kind of makes you think about an angel when you see an angel? You see the glory of God on an angel. No wonder people are speechless. So <clears throat> the first point of the accompaniments of glory is great commitment, great boldness, people who will take up their cross daily. What does that mean? Well, the cross stood for sacrifice. The cross was a bridge between heaven and earth. It speaks of intercession. It speaks of being a minister. A minister is one who represents God to man and man to God. So all of those things. And so we had, you know, Jesus is talking about part of the glory that's going, what, 
what's going to mark his, his accompanying glory is this great amount of commit, commitment among his believers. And so uh, let's line up with that. Let's, let's check our lives. Let's use this as a checklist, make sure that we're in line for the glory. Amen. <laughs> great commitment, great boldness. He said, you know, if you're ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of you when I come. So we, we, this is not a time to be ashamed. This is a time for the church to shine. All right, the second thing, verse 28, and it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And uh, as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, so he, he became transfigured. His raiment was white and glistering. So the second point here is the glory first occurs on a higher plane in relative privacy. You know, the thing that I notice here is that not all 12 went up there with him. Certainly not the crowds. And not all 12. Not even his mother. Just the three, Peter, James, and John. They went up on that mountain, and that's where he was transfigured before them. That's when his glory was manifest, and it was on a, a higher plane. In other words, on a mountain with relative privacy. And I believe that that speaks of right now. I believe God's glory is being manifest on, uh, uh, to certain people in the church, uh, certain ministries, certain believers, or certain prayer warriors, and some of these people are no names. Some of these people no one's ever heard of. But God is, is beginning to manifest his glory on a smaller scale in preparation for the final day. And so I believe that's where we're living right now. I believe right now, you know, we're seeing glimpses of the glory right here in this church. I mean, we, from time to time, we'll hear angels singing along with us. I mean, we see, we see all kinds of miracles from time to time. And uh, I believe after this Sunday, when we laid hands on all the prayer cloths, we're going to hear about more uh, manifestations of healing and deliverance. That's glory. So... <clears throat> But it, it's, it's before it's displayed in front of everyone. There's, there's coming a day when it's going to be displayed, but we're in that interim time. All right, and then in verse 29, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. His raiment was white and glistering. So <clears throat> he had uh, total transformation. Uh, he was, you know, one of the, uh, the, other, the other verses, uh, the other gospels talk it, that he was transfigured before them. He was transfigured. And that's the Greek word metamorpho, which means uh, metamorphosis. He was changed. And I believe that he was changed in every way. I mean, the glory, he, he, he was transfigured. I mean, it wasn't just like he got started shining. I believe that he changed substance right there before them as a as a sign of what was to come. It was a preview of a coming attraction. And uh, that's the Jesus that we have for us right now. He's at the right hand of the Father. And that's what he looks like right now. His, his, you can't even see his face. It's brighter than the sun. His hair is white as wool. That's the book of Revelation, it tells you what he looks like. 
And that's 2,000 years ago. And so he's even more glorious now than he was then. <laughs> Praise God. So total transformation, see. Um, and so uh, I believe the church is, is in that process because how are we transformed? How are we transfigured? By the renewing of our minds. See, I believe that there's greater revelation coming into the church and we, we are being changed from one level of glory to the next, one level of strength to the next, one level of faith to the next. This is all in process right now. We're in that, that acceleration phase. Come on, let's just lift our hands and thank God for the glory because that's, that's our destiny. This is written in the Bible. This is written for our admonition. This is written not to, to shame us, but to encourage us. I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking down to you. I'm speaking up to you. Praise God, I'm encouraging you. The great days ahead. So great commitment, great boldness. We're not ashamed of Jesus or his name. And then he, his glory is a, a, a occurring you know, in, in church, it's, it's on a higher plane in relative obscurity, rel relative privacy. It's not widely seen yet. And sometimes when we, that's the case, we just think it's non-existent. No, it's, 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 he's shining through his church in increasing measure all the time. And total transformation is underway. All right, so the, the next one we find in verse 30. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Um, <clears throat> and so what we want to say about those verses is there's coming a greater prophetic voice. You see, these are two great prophets. Moses was the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. Elijah was right behind him and Elisha. These are great prophets. And Elijah, Elijah is going to appear again with, uh, you know, in, in the end, the book of Revelation. And so uh, Enoch and Elijah are going to appear. And they're, they have never died the first time. They're in heaven without ever having died. So they're going to come down for three days and stand in Jerusalem and prophesy. And then they're going to be killed. And after three days, they're going to be raised from the dead right in front of everybody. The book of Revelation talks about that. But here we see them appearing in the same glory. Moses is glorified. Elijah is glorified. And they're talking with Jesus. Now, what does this prefigure? I believe it prefigures a great prophetic voice is coming to the church and I believe part of that prophetic voice is going to be for the Jews because that's why Moses shows up here. I believe there's still yet uh, a Jewish uh, component of harvest. I know God is going to deal with the Jews as a nation, but I believe out of the Jews will come uh, born-again Christians. And we've already seen some of those. There's some Messianic Jews already here, but I believe there's going to be more and more of them right before the glory hits. So a great prophetic voice. I mean, I, when I look back at how uh, we need those prophetic voices rising up, I'll mention this Sunday, but you know, some of these prophetic voices, we're not talking about pro prophecy to lift people up. Sometimes it's prophecy to rebuke the enemy and rebuke godless men and women. I just think about 
some of the words that came forth. You know, I think about uh, Elamus the sorcerer. You know, you, you, you child of the devil, you enemy of righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Now behold, thou shalt be blind not seeing the sun for a season. Paul didn't try to get him saved. Paul rebuked him and, prophet, and that prophet's voice uh, pronounced judgment. And it wasn't final judgment. It was a, for a season. And it was a sign. See, we need these prophetic signs right now. And they're coming. So <clears throat> then we see in verse 32, but Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. <laughs> and when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And uh, the Amplified says, and when they were fully awake, and when they were fully awake, Peter, James, and John, they were asleep during all this fireworks. When the, Jesus is just, you know, his face is shining like the sun. Moses and Elijah are talking with him. I mean, they kind of saw it and they didn't see it. They were kind of in a dream. And then all of a sudden they were asleep and now they wake up. They're fully awake. It kind of reminds me of right now so much of the church is asleep. And uh, there's going to come a fully awake church. I mean, the church, God knows how to wake, fully awake the church. <laughs> and they're going to wake up in time for the glory. Amen. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not asleep anymore. I was asleep, but not anymore. And so... When they were fully awake, they saw his glory. There's coming a great awakening. And, and we're right on the edge of it. I, I see more signs of it every day. I see people that are becoming more and more aware. This time, three, let's just say this time three years ago, people were just kind of lulled into a state of nothingness. They just thought everything was going along pretty good. The economy was good. Everything was going along pretty good. If you're, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, of course, if you're a liberal, it wasn't going very good. <laughs> Nothing ever goes good for the left-wing liberals. But, uh, uh, but now, you know, after this COVID and all this shutdown, all the, everything that's gone on, you know, people are awakening. People are awakening up to the time that we're in now. And I see signs that people are more and more, they're, they're coming awake just in time for the glory to manifest. So uh, a total transformation's underway. A great prophetic voice is about to arise. A great awakening is, is underway. And then verse 32 to 34, but Peter and John that were with him were heavy with sleep. When they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. So he's just kind of out of his head. And while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them and they feared as they entered into the cloud. Praise God. They feared as they entered into the cloud. And uh, in Matthew 17, 6, it says they fell on their faces. And, uh, and if you keep reading way down here in verse 45, it said that they feared to ask him uh, about this whole experience. They were afraid to ask Jesus what they had seen and heard. And really, uh, before he got, was crucified, they forgot every bit of this. 
I mean, he told him he was going to suffer. He told him right here that he was going to be raised from the dead. And they forgot this whole thing about the glory and everything. It just left them. There's, been a, lot, there's a lot of Christians that forgot where they came from, but they're fixing to remember. <laughs> and so the next uh, part of what I'm talking about, the accompaniments of glory, is awe and wonder and the fear of the Lord. Awe and wonder and the fear of the Lord are going to increase and multiply before the day of the Lord comes. And uh, more and more, we're going to see greater signs and wonders. We're going to see things that we've never seen. We're going to hear things we've never heard. I remember the prophecy that Brother Oral Roberts gave us in 2005 about this church and said God is going to do things that are going to startle you, make you just startled, you know, catch your breath, <gasps> like that. And uh, I, we've had that happen, and we're going to see more and more of it. I mean, God is going to do things more and more that will cause us to be startled. And, uh, and the fear of the Lord is going to be multiplied across this land, across the whole world. All right, keep reading. We're talking about the accompaniments of glory. Verse 35, and there came a voice out of that cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. So what I, that speaks to me is a demonstration by the Father of the authority and majesty of the church because he's going he's gonna to start by manifesting signs and wonders with the church. He's going to say, this is my, these are my beloved sons. Now hear them. You see, God's already doing that. God is standing with the church, and he is going to, he is going to start to confirm his word with signs and wonders that people have never seen before. They're going to they're be startled. That, that speaks of revival. I said it speaks of revival. God's going to send another revival. He's not through with America. He's not through with this world. He wants one more great final harvest, and I believe we're just right on the edge of it. And so this demonstration or manifestation. And then the final one is uh, in verse uh, uh, verse 43, they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. You know, I really like Mark 9. Uh, it's more clear. Mark chapter 9. Remember, Jesus came off of the Mount of Transfiguration with the three, and they went down to the rest of the disciples, and they were talking to the father of the young boy that had been thrown in the fire and thrown in the water, and they hadn't been able to you know, they hadn't been able to uh, deliver him, get him delivered. And it says, verse 14, when he came to his disciples, this, right after coming down that mountain, I've seen that mountain. I've seen the Mount of Transfiguration. And when he, it's a pretty big mountain. And when he came down that mountain and encountered that crowd, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld Jesus, were greatly amazed, running to him, and, and they saluted him. What does that mean? They saw, they see, he still had that residue of glory on his face, much like Moses did. Moses, you know, when he went up on the mount and the glory of God came upon him, you know, he was up there a long time. When he came down, he had to put a veil over his face. Well, Jesus was just up there for a short time, and he came down, and he still had the glory on his face, and they were, they were greatly amazed. So the last thing that I want to talk about, the last accompaniment, is the tangible glory visible to the masses. 
the masses will be without excuse because the church is going to be so glorious. Does it mean they'll all get saved? Nope. But they will be without excuse because they will have seen the glorious church before it's taken off the earth. Some of them are going to be glad we're gone. And they will never have an excuse. Uh, but some, I believe, will go with us. <laughs> we'll take them up with us. Amen. So we're seeing some of these accompaniments. So let's keep progressing until the fullness of these accompaniments come the accompaniments of glory. Hope you got something out of this. Come on, lift your hands and receive right now. Hallelujah. Thank God. Let's do our part. Let's be, let's be kingdom-minded people right now. Let's not let uh, what we're seeing on the news and what we're seeing out in society affect us too much. Let's, let's realize that God is working greatly behind the scenes. Amen. The accompaniments of glory. Well, praise the Lord.